Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning, everybody. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pet just not listening? Well, that's what this show's about. We're here to help you deal with all of your dog and cat behavior problems. Give me a call right now. Learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors. Pick up your phone. Give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. All right. Sitting behind me today, once again, we have the beautiful and charming Brittany Duchesne. How are you today? Good. I'm very good. It's Halloween. How are you doing? It is Halloween. And you know what else it is? It's Boo's birthday. It's Boo's birthday. Those of you listening don't know, Boo is my dog. And Boo turned a year today. Now, you might be wondering, Boo, Halloween. Yeah, it's a (laughs) You know, we were going to name Boo... Um, what was it going to be? It was going to be um, Zamara. Oh. Now, Zamara means protector sent from God. Sweet. Okay. However, she was the biggest scaredy cat in the world. Okay, <laughs> So she was that. not going to be a protector sent from God. So because she was born on Halloween and because she was such a scaredy cat, I said, you know what? Her name is going to be Boo. I love it. Yeah. So it worked out pretty, pretty good. Um, and you know, obviously my wife is spoiling the heck out of Boo. Okay. Um, her first dog, her first dog. So, um, I married a woman. Yeah, that's right, folks. I married a woman. She never had a dog and (laughs) it's been very interesting. Uh, matter of fact, you know, one of the things the dog started panting one day. Okay. Now, you know. Things you take for granted. You know, I'm so used to panting with a dog. I mean, it's a normal thing. She thought there was something wrong. Oh. She thought, no, babe, I know you're listening. <laughs> so, so let me say this to everybody else. Okay. Um, babe, you are the love of my life and I could not go through each and every day without you. So when I make fun of you, <laughs> just know that I love you. Out of love. But anyway, I want to talk just quickly about Halloween and dogs, okay? Don't let Halloween turn into a horror show for your pets, okay? Um, anybody out there dress up their pet in a costume? Yeah? Well, while you may find it cute, most don't like it. You know, if you see lip licking or yawning or a tucked tail or your dog's turning its head away or growling, that's a big one, right? Realize that it's very stressful for the dog. And, and if that's happening, you know, forego the Halloween costume this year. Also, it's really important to think about how your pets normally respond to the doorbell ringing. You know, you want to be prepared. Keep your dog away from the door because it's going to be opening a lot. Now, I realize this year things are a little bit different. But I'll tell you what, in my neighborhood, 
I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of trick-or-treaters mm-hmm. regardless of COVID, okay? Um, we're just going to be sitting out in the driveway. I think we're going to be chucking candy to kids. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But um, be prepared. You know, if, if you people are ringing the doorbell, make sure you keep your dog away from the door. We don't want them bolting out the door and running away if you don't have good door manners already tr- you know, trained into the dog. Um, some of the things you can do, you know, because that can make dogs very anxious too. the doorbell constantly ringing. You can play with a favorite toy or you can begin to train obedience or tricks to distract them. Um, train with high value food rewards. Keep them distracted. Keep them engaged with you. OK. Also, you know, what you might want to do is you might want to if it's really if you got a dog that really bolts out the door, you know, if you can't contain them somewhere, keep your pets leashed. Or confine them, you know, for their own safety so they can't bolt out the door. And the other thing you want to do is make sure that your dog has a current ID tag on their collar just in case they do. Yes. Yeah. So I think we're going to go to the phones right away because I think we got some people waiting. Yeah, we are busy today. Okay. We have Linda in Phoenix on the line. Linda, welcome to Pet Talk today. Do you have a question for us? Thank you. Hi. Yes, I do. I have a question. I've had my dog now just three years. We found him in front of the house running up and down the street. He's obviously a cross of a long-haired chihuahua. And uh, I've trained him pretty well, except for he bolts out the door, just like what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. He did even last night. Now, if I say stay or my son says stay, he stays, okay? But last night I walked out with my daughter to say goodbye, and a friend was walking in, and the dog bolted out the friend's legs because I'd already taken the dog in. We'd taken a walk with my daughter, Mm -hmm. and so the dog was in, and I wasn't thinking about stay because I was going out with her, and he wouldn't go out because he knows that with me, Mm -hmm. but somebody else is coming in, and he bolted out. Thank God he always runs to a park, and uh, we were able to get him pretty fast last night. But like two weeks ago, he got off his collar in the park, on and on and on. Well, I need to know. Yeah. He will come to me when I call him. Well, let's talk about first uh, keeping him from going bolting out the door. Right, that right? I want. Okay, so let me yes. talk a little bit about that, okay? Yes, so please. basically, you need to talk, teach your dog a boundary. One of the things that you can do is get like a, a mat, a doormat or something. Put that in front of the door, okay? Um, anytime you open your door, you should be keeping your dog well behind the door. Um, I don't know if you got a door stop or anything like that, but it needs to be well, behind that. He's got to be I, well I behind. But here, listen to what I'm saying, okay? I'm going to okay, try to help you here. So your dog has to be behind that because what we don't want to do is keep the dog at the door because when we open it up, it's easy for them to bolt out. Now, you need to begin the process of teaching your dog to sit and stay. But here's the thing. I know you kind of have that already, right? But you need to get in front of your dog. By the way, do this with a leash on first because you don't have great control. But you open that door and you need to coax the dog to kind of move towards you. And as soon as your dog starts to move, you need to give a verbal correction like, nope. And you need to move your body into the dog. So plow into the dog quickly. Don't scare the dog. Don't run the dog over. But use what we call spatial pressure. Get your body into the dog to push the dog back. That's a correction. Then you're going to try to bait the dog to move forward again. And if the dog takes the bait, you're going to correct again with a firm no. You're going to push your body into the dog quickly to bump the dog back a little bit. Now, When your dog doesn't, you're going to keep doing that process. When your dog doesn't take the bait, 
and it doesn't move when you're coaxing forward, then you're going to reward the dog. Yeah, good dog. Give it a treat. Okay. And you need to do this where you get three wins. So every time you're doing it, you got to make sure you have three wins in a row where you're baiting the dog to move forward and the dog doesn't. It's just a matter of doing a lot of distraction training. Create the situation so you bait the dog as if you want the dog to go through the door. I know it sounds a little paradoxical, but when that door opens, when there are big distractions out there, if you don't do this, you're never going to have a dog that is going to uh, be able to... Uh, not bolt out the door when there's excitable things going on um, around them. So hopefully that helps you. All right. We have April and Buckeye on the line. April, welcome to Pet Talk today. How can we help you? Hi. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I have a five-year-old, 20-pound puggle that I rescued out of a dirt backyard, and she was dropped on her head by a neighbor child when she was about eight weeks old. And ever since then, she has reacted to loud noises by going into attack mode to her other two rescue sisters. Mm -hmm. We have to stand by the microwave before it beeps. We cannot let the doorbell ring because she just attacks. If they sneeze, she attacks. And she's been on multiple medications. And I know that's not a fix-all, but... We are on edge 24-7. When we leave the house, yeah. we have to separate them because I don't want to come home to sure. get the dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things. You know, that was a very traumatic thing that happened at eight weeks, and it's a critical stage of development. Dogs from eight to 12 weeks go into what we call the first fear stage. If something very traumatic happens during roughly during that time frame, you know, some dogs will go into it sooner. Some will hang on to that fear stage a little bit longer, but roughly it's eight to 12 weeks. If trauma or things that are very emotionally uh, impactful happen to a dog during that time, it can imprint on their nervous system. So I'm talking about two things, okay? One thing, regardless, you've got to do gradual and systematic desensitization, okay? However, what I do want to say also is it's possible that your dog may need behavioral medication, okay? Something that helps with serotonin. We do know that when dogs do get trauma during that 8 to 12 week stage of development, it's like having post-traumatic stress disorder, okay? So it can change the neurochemistry. It can uh, really impact the dog and its nervous system. Now, aside from that, gradual systematic desensitization, okay? Things are sounds. The nice thing about sounds is you can record them, okay? And you can begin to play them at an extremely low volume, And while you're playing those sounds and you're looping them over and over and over at a very low volume, you're going to be doing work with your dog. I don't care if you're training tricks. I don't care if you're training obedience. You know, sit down, uh, go to your place, go to your bed, shake, roll over, doesn't matter. You want to get your dog exposed to those sounds while you're doing something else that you're rewarding that behavior for. Now, if your dog is too stressed out, you've turned up the volume too loud. You need to work at a volume that your dog can handle, and you need to do that for about a week. And then you got to bring the volume up a little bit, make sure it's not too high, that your dog's not having a meltdown, and you got to work there for a while until your dog no longer finds that volume stressful at all. It should only be mildly stressful. And then you do that for a week, and then you turn it up. So it's a process of taking these sounds and exposing your dog to it over a period of time, not just a day, not just an hour, but like a week and and every day. 
every day for a long time. This is going on over and over and over. It's like if I played thunderstorms for a dog that had a thunderstorm fear at very low volume for a week, and then I turned it up and played it for another week, a little higher, and again and again and again, eventually, you know, they're going to do much better. Eventually, they're going to go ahead and... um you know, be desensitized to it to a, a lesser or greater degree. Like I said, when we've got a dog that has uh, issues uh, th- like that, they may need medication as well. We need to go to a break. I'm Will Bangora. You're listening to Pet Talk today on 1100 KFNX. Don't go away. We're going to hear from our sponsors. And then after that, we are going to take many, many more of your calls, helping you with all your dog and cat behavior problems. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100. KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a dog that's out of control? Maybe it's just terrible on walks, dragging you down the street. Or maybe you've got a cat that's driving you crazy, refuses to use the litter box. No matter what your dog or cat behavior problem is, we want to help you. That's what this show is about. Give us a call, and we're going to help you correct any and all of these behavior problems you're having. If you're in Phoenix, the number to reach me and give us a call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free. That number is 866-536-1100. I want to make another announcement. Um, it's really important, folks. We get so many calls about dog aggression. So write this down. Don't miss the date. Put this in your calendar. Pick up your smartphone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android. Put this in your calendar. Set a reminder. November 7th, Saturday, November 7th, uh, we are going to be having a very special guest November 7th from 9 to 10 a.m., I'm going to be interviewing Emma Parsons. Emma Parsons is a dog aggression expert. She's also the best-selling author of Click to Calm, Healing the Aggressive Dog. And we're going to be devoting the entire show just to dog aggression. We are going to go through step-by-step what the process is to be able to help your dog deal with its aggression issues. So make sure you write that down. Next Saturday, November 7th, from 9 to 10 a.m., be sure to tune in for that. It's going to be a great show. We have a handful of email questions. This one's from Tamara in Phoenix. She says, we have a 10-week-old Maltese, and she's always biting our hands and feet. Now she started to bite at our faces. I think she's just trying to play, but it still hurts. Is this just typical puppy behavior that'll go away in time? Can this behavior be corrected, or is she too young to train and teach her not to bite? 
That's a great question. You know, we get that a lot. And, you know, now with, with COVID, there have been so many people that have gotten new puppies, that have um, adopted new dogs, mm-hmm. that um, this is something a lot of people are dealing with. So what I would tell you first is that, yes, it's pretty much normal puppy behavior, but that doesn't mean that we should allow it to continue to happen. Um Dogs typically, when they're with the litter between three to five weeks of age, they typically, that's where they learn bite inhibition because they'll start playing, you know, with the other puppies. And when they bite too hard, the puppies will go, yep. And then all of a sudden, the other puppy that was biting is like, oh, what happened? <laughs> and, and they back off a little bit. Okay. So one of the things that, you know, I encourage people to do when their puppies are doing that is if you can, I want you to use a really high pitched yip sound. So all of a sudden the puppy starts biting on your hands or your ankles or whatever. You're going to go yip and the dog's going to stop and maybe just jump back a little bit and kind of look like, what the heck was that? What was that? Now that's step one. That's being reactive to the problem. Now, let's talk about being proactive to the problem a little bit, okay? You can take your hands, take your ankles, and start waving them in front of that puppy's face real fast. And they're going to get interested, and they're going to want to get their mouth on it. And as they go, not not when they've already bitten, but when they go to try to latch their little razor-sharp puppy teeth onto your hand or your leg, you can also go, yep, again. Okay, that can be the correction. And so you want to proactively do that. And my recommendation is you proactively do that two or three times a day. Now, in addition to correcting the dog with that yip when you're proactively trying to bait the dog into uh, mouthing, I call that mouthing, puppy biting, I call mouthing on your hand, you want to not only correct that, But let's say that when you're baiting your new puppy and they don't take the bait and they don't try to mouth on you, they don't try to do the puppy biting, well, you need to reward them. That's when you need to give them a high-value food reward, okay? So you want to work both ends. You want to correct the behavior and you want to reward them not engaging in that behavior. So give that a shot. And that's something that you want to practice. You know, it it could take a week. It could take a couple weeks. Um Practice longer than you think you need to, and then you're going to have a whole lot more permanence. So hopefully that'll help her. Try that out. All right. I have another question from Richard, who lives in Washington. How can I get my boxer to stop taking trash out of the trash can? Well, I teach your boxer to take the trash outside, right? (laughs) That'd be nice. Something like that. How do you teach? Well, you know, this is another big thing, okay? And a lot of people, what they do is they puppy-proof their house, they dog-proof their house, you know, they pick everything up, they get the trash can up. Um, so there's a couple things that we can talk about doing. And again, let's talk about one of the things. When, when dogs or puppies are destructive, okay, one of the reasons that they don't stop that behavior is because they get into trouble, they engage in that destructive behavior, and we're not there to see it. And if we're not there to see it, we can't correct it. Mm-hmm. And if there's no correction, there's always positive reinforcement. How is there positive reinforcement? Because the dog loves to be in the trash. It's like playing with a toy. That's pleasant. It's positive. Why would the dog give up something that's fun and 
especially if there's yummy stuff in there and they're eating the yummy <laughs> stuff, right? So they're getting positive reinforcement for getting the trash if there's food in there too. So not only is it fun for the dog, but if there's food in there, oh wow, you know, why would I not do that again? You know, dogs are social opportunists. They're opportunists. They're going to do whatever they can do. Um, so the first thing is make sure that if you can't see your dog, if you can't supervise your dog, if your dog's not in your eyesight, that you can find or create your dog because you need to be able to correct each and every time your dog's doing it. Now, in this situation, a lot of dogs are not going to go into the trash when you're home. <laughs> so you need to make it really easy. Okay? couple times a day, take that trash can, tip it on its side, take some of that trash out and just kind of pull that out so it's right there for the dog, okay? Start walking by that with the dog on leash, and when the dog starts to bring its head and nose towards that trash, you're going to go, nope, and then you're going to go ahead and take a U-turn, have a leash on your dog, give a little light pop on that leash, a little correction. Then you're going to head back towards that trash can again. You're going to be proactive. You're baiting your dog. If your dog takes the bait, another correction. Okay? Now, if your dog does not take the bait and your dog is not going for the trash, you need to reward the dog. It's like everything else that I've talked about in baiting. Okay? Don't just get your dog to stop the behavior with a correction. How about present the opportunity again? And then when you present the opportunity again, if the dog doesn't take the bait, then make sure that you reward the dog. And something like this is something that you want to do um, several times a day. You want to do this for a couple weeks. Um, we need to go ahead and take a break. We've got the news coming up. But when we come back, we are going to be taking more of your calls about your dogs and cats. I'm Will Bangura. You're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a pet that desperately needs some training? Maybe you've got a cat that's scratching on everything but its scratch post. Or maybe you've got a dog that absolutely refuses to go to the bathroom outside and wants to use your house as a toilet. No matter what the behavior problem is, what the training problem is, we want to help you. That's what this show is about. Give us a call and we'll help you deal with and correct all those unwanted behaviors. Pick up your phone. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. We have another caller on the line. We have Alexis in Phoenix. Alexis, how are you? Welcome to Pet Talk today. 
I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Trying to clear my throat here. I got a little tickle. <laughs> Do you have a question for us? Yes, I have an eight-month-old puppy. She's like a terrier mix with mm-hmm. a mini Australian Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two questions. One, she just chews everything. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is, you know, we have another dog, which is a boxer. They're both girls. Um, and when feeding together, my my puppy, she just gets so angry and starts attacking the other dog. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know what to do. Yeah. So here's the thing. Okay. There's a couple of things. First, let me talk about uh, your puppy that's chewing up everything. Okay. Um, I don't know if you heard me on the last call, but it holds true for any and all behavior problems, especially with puppies. The number one rule with puppies you need to supervise them. They need to be in your eyesight. They should be on leash if you're having behavior problems in the house or they should be confined. And the reason being is that too often they get away with a particular uh, behavior and there's no correction. And so they think it's okay to do it. Again, it's fun for them. It, it's reinforcing for them. So that's the first thing because you need to be able to correct the puppy in the act. And usually, hey, an eight-month-old puppy, usually a good firm no um, will give them a little startle, you know, kind of like, oh, what was that? You know, if you're giving a correction and your dog doesn't stop the behavior, it wasn't a correction. You're merely interrupting the dog and, and they'll let you know what a correction is because they'll stop that behavior. Um, the other thing is <clears throat> you can begin to be proactive with that. The things that your puppy is chewing on, how about once or twice a day, putting it, spewing it out all over the floor, have your puppy on a leash, Bring your puppy near it. You can even, you know, let's say your puppy likes to grab socks and chew on it. You can take a sock and throw it like a toy. As a puppy goes for it, you can correct the puppy. Now, as you continue to present and bait the puppy with these items that it's been chewing on that it shouldn't, when it doesn't take the bait, make sure you reward the puppy and give an alternative for the puppy to have in its mouth. Um, what was the question about your other dog? Um, so when the two are together, the puppy oh, yeah. will try to attack while they're eating. Okay. So the first thing, the easiest thing, and, I, and you know, sometimes people don't like this answer. You know, it's like, like, why do you want to work so darn hard? You know, feed your dog separately. Feed one in a crate. Have that crate away from the other dog. Feed on a schedule. Don't leave food out. It's the easiest way to deal with that problem. Okay. The one thing I don't want to do with an eight-month-old puppy is I don't want to be correcting and being harsh with an eight-month-old puppy, okay? Um, Little by little, what you can do, okay, as you're feeding that dog or when you're feeding your other dog, okay, or or either one, you can feed the other dog in a crate, keep that dog away from your dog or feed them both in crates, it doesn't matter. But whatever that distance is, little by little, over time, you can start closing the gap, okay? Because as your puppy does not, feel threatened at a further distance when your other dog's further away and that happens for a while your dog your puppy gets desensitized that nothing's going to happen to its food at that distance and little by little over about six months why do i say six months these things take time hey if you can fix it faster that's icing on the cake i was a couple of weeks ago lady called in she had a dog she had a barking problem i told her what to do i said hey you know do this for 30 days you should be good i got an email two days later said the dog stopped barking well fantastic i'm glad that that happened you know in just you know two days but the thing that you can do, like I said, is be proactive and 
feed the dog separately. I would feed them both in crates and I would start at a distance where the puppy's not getting angry. And little by little over time, I'd start bringing them during feeding times closer and closer and closer. And eventually that puppy um, should be okay with that. Give that a try. We have another caller on the line. We have Freddie and Phoenix. Freddie and Phoenix, how are you? Welcome to Pet Talk today. Uh, terrific. Thank you so much. Um, I have a question that's less about, I guess, behavior than it is kind of a biological. Or bi- So my dog, she's about four. Just the last couple of months, she's chewing on her paws. Okay. And then I was doing the online research, and it could be a uh, – uh, not a uh, – it could be like a uh, like a bug or something she's got on her. We inspected the paws. Um, there's no ticks. There's no fleas. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be an allergy, mm-hmm. possibly. Yep. So, so there's a couple things. If- there's a few things. Yep. You know, it could be an allergy. It could be seasonal allergies. It could be food allergies. Okay. So you ask yourself, you know, did we feed the dog something different recently? Was it eating the same stuff when it wasn't chewing on its foot as it is now? That's no, one thing. Very consistent okay. with the diet and have very specific diet. And um, question for you: Do you have grass? Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. Correct, there's grass. Okay. Um, did you plant winter grass recently? No. Okay. No. No new grasses. Yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, how old? You said four. What type of dog? Uh, it's an Italian water dog. Italian water dog. So Italian water dogs are, are known and prone for hypothyroidism. Okay. And with hypothyroidism, you can have skin problems. Okay. Um, if your dog has not been to the vet and had blood work done to check its thyroid, that's one thing that I would do. I would rule out, make sure it's not a thyroid disorder first. Um, again, then typically you're looking at either seasonal allergies or you're looking at some type of a food intolerance. Okay. But, um, you know, you, I'm sure you can get online. There's some over-the-counter things yep. that you could give your dog. I probably shouldn't be saying what they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, um, the other thing is, you know, if that's not working, you know, wait, wait a couple of weeks. If it starts getting really bad, then you're just going to have to bring your dog into the vet. Okay. But that, that's pretty much going to be, um, a medical issue. Um, unless it's determined you've treated everything and you've thought of everything and it's still happening. And then maybe it's uh, a result of anxiety, but have that thyroid checked out and see if that might be, uh, a contributing factor, if nothing else. We have Haley and Mesa waiting on the line right now. Haley and Mesa, welcome to Pet Talk today. How can we help you? Hi, yes. Um, my dog, well, my puppy, uh, we just got him about like three, four months ago. Uh, we're working on potty training. Do you have any tips on that? I do. And, and one of the things, I'm glad that you said that, okay, because that gives me an opportunity to plug the podcast, okay? Um, just recently, within the last two weeks, I did a podcast. I devoted 45 minutes to nothing but potty training. I went through step-by-step step, everything you need to do to potty train the most difficult dog in the world. And this will also work for dogs that are marking, okay? So... Go ahead and make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast. You can either go to Apple Podcast, you can go to Spotify, any of the platforms where there are podcasts, or you can just do a Google search for Pet Talk Today Podcast. And I believe it's episode 18 or 17 is the potty training podcast, but um, that's something where 
it will definitely help you. I used to uh, go out to people's homes and, you know, spend about, um, you know, an hour with them going over that. And well, so now I'm just directing people over to, um, to our podcast, but check that out. I think that's going to help you a lot with potty training. All right. Do we have any? Nope. Why don't you try an email question? Yeah, we have a lot of email questions. So this one is from Victoria. Victoria asks, how do I train my one-year-old Jack Russell to stop lunging at cars and people? Mm. You know, I had a Jack Russell terrorist <laughs> myself. <laughs> His name was Lil Dude. And let me tell you, when he was being a terrorist, uh, we had a different name for him. It wasn't Lil Dude. It was Lil something else. <laughs> but... um so a lot of dogs have really high prey drive, and they will lunge after cars. They'll lunge after bikes or scooters or things of that nature. Um, I've talked about desensitization before, and the tough part is is you've got to expose your dog to those triggers, but at a distance where your dog is not you know, going to have a meltdown because if you absolutely cannot get control of your dog, you are too close too soon. But dogs that freak out at that, that type of behavior need to be worked on obedience at a distance where they're not having a meltdown and you need to be rewarding their focus, their attention, uh, responding to a command and little by little over a long period of time, months, then you can little by little get closer and closer and closer. We need to take a quick break so we can hear from our sponsors, but when we get back, we're going to take more of your calls or answer your emails. I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. answering all of your pet behavior questions. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Maybe you've got a dog that just is using the house as a toilet, or it's pulling you down the street, or it's frustrating because when you come home or have guests over, it's jumping all over you. Or perhaps you've got a cat that is yowling and meowing all day long and you can't get it to be quiet. Whatever your problems are with your dog, your cat, your pets, that's what this show's about. We're here to take your calls and help you with all of those behavior problems. So give me a call. Pick up your phone. If you're in Phoenix, the number to call, <clears throat> excuse me, is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free. That number is 866 536 1100. And I just want to take a quick minute again to talk about um, next Saturday's show. Save the date, everybody. Write this down because we get so many people that are contacting us um, about 
aggression. We've got Emma Parsons, who is dog aggression expert and best-selling author of Click to Calm, Healing the Aggressive Dog. She's going to be here. We're going to devote the entire show, the entire hour next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. So if you have a dog that is aggressive, if you've got a dog that's reactive, whether it's reactive and aggressive towards dogs or whether it's reactive and aggressive towards people, make sure that you don't miss next Saturday's show. It's going to be awesome. We have a question from Cheyenne and Mesa. Cheyenne asks, why does my dog chew up water hoses? What's a good way to stop it? Don't leave your water hoses out, (laughs) Cheyenne. Pick up your stuff. No. Um, You know, it, it depends. You know, if it is in the middle of the summer and it's super hot and there's water running and your dog's hanging out outside for a long period of time, that could be why your dog is out there chewing on the hose. Okay. A lot of times dogs won't chew on hoses unless there's water going through them, okay? Now, I've said it before on this show. I've said it before today. I've said it before on other shows. We need to be supervising our pets. We're never going to get a handle on correcting unwanted behaviors if your pet, if your dog has the ability to uh, engage in unwanted behaviors and you cannot uh, be there to correct your dog. So the biggest thing? Make sure you're there to correct your dog. Okay. Hopefully that helps. We have a caller on the line. We have Carrie and Surprise. Carrie and Surprise. Welcome. How can we help you? Hi. Um, I had a question about my dog. Okay. We have Carrie. Sorry. He is a, um, he is a mixed breed Dotson Terrier. He's about four or five years old. And my question is, he licks us all the time. Okay. <clears throat> and and I don't know how to stop it. It seems like the more you tell him no yeah. or get frustrated yeah. with it, the yeah. more he's maybe insecure and so then he yeah. does it even more. Yeah. Yep. So let me let me talk about how to go ahead and, and deal with that licking, okay? Um first of all, licking is usually a sign of affection, but sometimes they can do it when there's a lot of anxiety as well, okay? Um but you know, one of the things that we need to begin to do is, you know, give your dog or your puppy something else to put in its mouth. So when it wants to lick, how about you have a toy that you can play with, interrupt that behavior, start doing something different, you know, with the dog when it wants to do that. Now, if you've done that for several weeks <clears throat> and you've interrupted that behavior and, and you've done something that's even more pleasant, because trust me, playing with you it should be more pleasant to the dog than licking you. Now, I'm sure you taste wonderful, okay? <laughs> but the thing about it is, you know, dogs would rather play if they're into toys than just sit there stationary and licking you. So start playing with your dog. See if that helps. Now, the other thing you can do is you can begin to correct that particular problem, okay? And again, it amazes me that dogs will do things and, you know, people won't even tell their dogs no. Now, you mentioned you were correcting the dog, but it seemed to get worse. The question I would have to you is, did you actually correct the dog, which means there was something unpleasant that stopped the behavior, or did you merely interrupt the dog? Did you merely interrupt the dog? Because a lot of times we're going, no. Hey, Fido, no, don't jump on me. That's not good. Get off. No. And Fido is sitting there wagging its tail. Okay, what's up? You know, and, and you've interrupted the behavior, but nothing unpleasant has happened, and that's why they continue to re-engage in that particular behavior. So, you know, 
tell your dog no. Give a good, firm correction. If none of that works, <clears throat> what you can do is, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with my throat today. If none of that works, go get some roll-on antiperspirant. Roll that on your fingers, your hand, wherever your dog is licking, and let your dog lick. And I guarantee when your dog feels the sensation of the antidepressant, which will just really take all of the moisture out of your dog's mouth. It's a weird sensation. It won't harm your dog, won't hurt it. Um, if you want, take a little lick of that roll-on and perspirant. <laughs> I've done it. Okay. But it's something that's unpleasant, and, and you can do that, and then hopefully um, you know, your dog will, will stop doing that. But the biggest thing, folks, when we're dealing with this is we got to make sure that we're actually correcting the behavior that we're not just interrupting the behavior. We need to make sure that, um, you know, we're being proactive and not just uh, being reactive about things. Folks, it's almost time for us to close the show. And it's three days before election time. And we've got a choice between someone who's never loved an animal, someone that uses the term dog in a derogatory way, uh, someone that every dog and dog owner should be offended. He disparages people, criticizes, and humiliates people. I'm going to let Keith Overman close out the show. Until one has loved an animal, wrote the journalist and author Anatole France, a part of one's soul remains unawakened. There is no evidence Donald Trump has ever loved an animal. If Trump has ever in his life had a pet, wrote Gail Collins of the New York Times, his campaign doesn't know about it. There's some question, in fact, about whether he's ever even had an animal friend. In fact, none of the books about Trump, including his own, seem to refer to a pet dog. The co-author or ghostwriter of The Art of the Deal, Tony Schwartz, told me he has never heard Trump reference a pet as adult or child. Google it, fact check it, do a Nexus Lexus search on it, you come up blank. Save for an apocryphal story about him tweeting, asking for prayers for a Labrador named Spinny. There were no tweets, no entreaties, and for all we can determine, no Spinny. A man running to lead a nation of 324 million people, and while we're at it, 78 million dogs, and as many cats, or more. And there are solid reasons to believe he has never had a dog. Never had a dog. But it's worse than just that, isn't it? July 2015, I hear that Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd will be fired like a dog. October 2015, wow, great news. I hear Eric Erickson, a red state, was fired like a dog. December, Glenn Beck got fired like a dog. This January, union leader refuses to comment as to why they were kicked out of the ABC News debate like a dog. Twelve days later, Brent Bazell, one of the National Review lightweights, came to my office begging for money like a dog. Huh? When was the last time you saw a dog begging for money in an office? February. While well, was Ted Cruz disloyal to his very capable director of communication, he used him as a scapegoat, fired like a dog. March. Eric Erickson again. Got fired like a dog from Red State. Eleven days after that, David Gregory got thrown off TV by NBC, fired like a dog. June. Mitt Romney had his chance to beat a failed president, but he choked like a dog. Huh? What the hell's wrong with this guy? Fired like a dog? Have you ever fired a dog? He's also said that Egyptian President Mubarak was dropped like a dog, that Reverend Wright was dumped like a dog, that Mark Cuban was thrown off television like a dog, that Kristen Stewart cheated on Robert Pattinson like a dog. And worst of all, he said that during a Republican debate, he saw Senator Marco Rubio sweating like a dog. Dogs don't sweat. 
I mean, in theory, they could get fired or cheat on or beg for money or get dropped, dumped, kicked off, thrown off television, but they physically can't sweat. Donald Trump has no understanding of this. No evidence he's ever had a dog. No evidence he understands even the kinds of basics that people who don't have dogs still know about dogs. What the hell? Is he from Mars? Look, until four years ago last week, I had never had a dog. Allergies as a kid, never at home as an adult, never thought myself mature enough to assume the responsibility. And then it happened. And it didn't change me much. I only got one more dog and got two other dogs from my girlfriend's parents and started working with a rescue shelter for injured and sick dogs and started giving out dog books for Christmas and saw that most of human behavior was easily explained by watching dogs and called all my dog world friends from before I was blessed and asked, why didn't you tell me? And I realized that dogs explain enough of the meaning of life that you don't need to know any of the other possible meanings of life. No biggie. I was just born again. And Donald Trump, no dog, as Anatole France said, part of his soul unawakened. Even so, this was still just philosophy. And then the Trump campaign put out, and almost as quickly pulled back, a proposal to eliminate what it called the FDA food police, citing as one of its supposed government overreaches that it, quote, even dictates the nutritional content of dog food. Well, it does dictate the nutritional content of dog food. It dictates the nutritional content of dog food, so the dog food does not kill the dogs. As the Daily Beast reported, in the last year, 11 of the 23 FDA pet food recalls were to remove poisoned pet food from shelves to save dogs' lives. And Donald Trump who tweets, fired like a dog, cheated on like a dog, begged for money like a dog, and all the other insults as his go-to insult, as if being a dog were somehow a bad thing. Donald Trump has given a hint that if elected, he would protect a businessman's right to poison dogs. Maybe your dogs, maybe mine, maybe any of the other 78 million, because, you know, profits. Hey, Don. We need a dog back in the White House. I've got two, two of them. Their names are Champ and Major. They're great dogs. I promise you, they're back in the White House. That's our show, everybody. Have a great week. Get out there and vote. We'll see you next week.